0: Green, the colour of true elation. Pine on a summer's day, see, I've been waiting for you, waiting
1: for you. Welcome
0: to the Ins and Outs with Joey Barr and Polly Wilkinson, Mm -hmm. Pollyanna Wilkinson. This episode, we're going to be talking about back to school, back to basics.
1: Where the hell do you start? So, I don't know how to start designing a house, and and you don't know how to start designing a garden. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to ask you how the hell I start doing that and and then I'll tell you the same. How are you, Paul? I am so happy. Are you? Back to school, baby. Did I I survive? I did survive. Do you know what, my friend? I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Juggling school holidays and not only being a working mum, but working mum who runs her own business. It's a lot. Yeah, it's
0: pretty, pretty full on.
1: And the mum guilt. The, the mum thing. guilt that comes with it as well, right? Because it's, I, I've had to rely on camps quite a lot and I feel guilty every single day. Do you? Yeah. Do the boys all love it? No. How old are your boys now? Oh, test me. Seven and nine. <laughs> um, How are they seven But they, you know, they, they like it just fine, but they'd rather be at home. And I feel really bad. I feel yeah. really guilty. And sometimes when I see other mums but handing their should... kids over, I feel like, oh, that, it's not just me. I don't think you should feel guilty because don't forget, it's that... You drop them off and they make you feel
0: guilty. And then as soon as they're in the gates, they're having a whale of a time. Much better than they would be if they were at home. No offence. I'm sure they love home. but they No, it's fair. Kids are just very manipulative. <laughs> Preach. Um, I think they're probably having an absolute ball at summer camp. Turning around here, I think it's more guilt of the fact that we want to be spending time with them. It's not that they're probably not having a great time. It's that actually as a mum, we feel like we want to be spending time with them. That's how I felt this summer holidays. I felt like, and this is a new one for me because... Ziggy's first year, first summer holidays. I cried on the reception teacher, actually, at the, at the gate, and she told me to pull myself together when I picked up Ziggs from her last day of school. So that was quite emotional. But obviously for me, it was a bit of a, yeah, double-edged sword because on the one hand, I was really excited to be spending time with her, but I had to work. But then I also had to, like, work out and juggle how, what to do with her. So I wanted to be with her. I really wanted to spend time with her, but I had just didn't have time
1: oh it's so difficult Mm. it's a long old time as well though isn't it it's It's weeks and weeks and weeks so now back into the routine kids into school they're in their routine they're happy I don't know about you my kids just love routine just like to know where they are what's happening who's going where and then I just feel like now September buckle down it's kind of a new year for me September's more of a new year than January yeah I know what you mean do you do you feel like again it's all new
0: this is so new to me even the thought of going back to school is very new I don't even know how.
1: Yeah. And
0: obviously Rocky's still a nursery. So I'm kind of trying to manage taking her to nursery whilst doing the school runs. And so I I don't want to will away time, but I'm looking forward to being on the same, same programme. Same programme with both of them. Yeah. One drop off. One drop off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that, but trying also not to will away time.
1: I get it. No, I need to take a leaf from your book. You're better at that. You're like, you're very emotionally achieved. I don't think I've ever cried on a teacher. Have you not? Maybe that's a goal for this year.
0: I would, yeah. I'm gonna get some tears out of you, Polly. On this <laughs> podcast, I'm now. gonna pull some tears out of you of my cold, dead <laughs> heart. Um, okay, right. So back to work. Yes. Okay. Well, I say back to work. You haven't stopped working. No, so, well, we You never had a couple of holidays.
1: Working. Who stops working, my friend? Do you stop working, working on holiday? No. Mm. So it's back to it. And with that, it seems like it would make sense to talk about back to basics, back to basics, back to school, back to basics, back to school, back to basics. House and garden, where the hell do you start? Is there a room you're meant to start with? Paint's a great place to start.
0: But is there a room? Should you start with... I mean, kitchen is always the the hub of the home. So I'd say always invest money into a kitchen. Okay. Invest money into a kitchen and invest money into really good quality upholstery. And the rest, I always say it, but... There's nothing wrong with polishing turds because turds can be made to look beautiful if you cover them in glitter. Ooh,
1: put a bit of glitter on it. Glitter,
0: just chuck it on there.
1: Okay, next question. But, but next invest question.
0: in places like kitchen, utility, pantry if you can get one in. Like those things, bathrooms, obviously. I mean, I'm actually going through the whole house now. But the rooms that don't have any plumbing or anything hectic, like a bedroom, you can do pretty lightly, light touch.
1: If you move into a house, my, my gut, right, when I'm moving into mine, is I want to rip out all the carpet straight away and paint everything some sort of shade of white. Like colour will come later, but just to make it less unpleasant.
0: I think most people are like that. There's something about when you buy a new house and you move in, the energy is a bit off because it's not yours and it might not sort of smell or there might be certain things you don't like. Paints transform everything. But of course, if the the carpet's grey, I'd say get it up and get it out. But I would say... Another place to really consider spending money, quality, wood flooring. Oh, yes. And I would take it up the stairs and into the bedrooms, personally. I'll take you upstairs and into the bedroom. bedrooms. Oh, come Stop on. It. <laughs> Anytime, baby. Um, oh, I bloody love a wood but floor. But wood floor, because it's easy to clean. It refreshes a room. Lovely big rugs,
1: area rugs. I'm, I'm all for that. So Do you I'd know what say. my one complaint with a wood floor is, though? Go on. So when I lived in Camberwell... Way back when, in, in my cool, youth, in your cool days, in my cool days, I was once cool. There was, it got so dusty, like dust there was you're just cleaning
0: enough. Like, <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate, you need to don't clean shame either. me. But, no, but this is what's really <laughs> disgusting. If you think how much dust collects and hairballs and things collect, they do that on a carpet. You Hidden just don't it. see them, and that's why I don't like so much about carpet. So. Okay, it's they. It disguises all sorts, and that, therefore, I think when you move in somewhere new and you've got carpet down, I'd get I'd get them professionally cleaned if they're nice. Cause so
1: you're me the heaps of it. you're not of the view that you know you know. There's a saying when people die or you have a big change in life that God, your men are Hobbit. like live with. Don't make any big changes for a year, right? That's like a thing. Is that my council coming back? That's not true again, with a house. Do
0: you know, every project, and you'll say this about the garden, I'm sure, mm. every project is so different. So there are certainly things that you can get away with leaving. And I would always say, get a feel for a house, see how the light falls through the window, different times of day, how you really want to live there. There are obviously things that would benefit from living in a house first, but... And I'm talking about working with an interior designer. We figure out those things for you. But if you're doing it yourself, it would be beneficial to live there first because it could be all sorts of little things like, you know, lights which just could be in the wrong place or sockets or something's not working very well. Or And before you sort of go and replace it, you might actually think, do you know what, actually, I really like the way this positioning is of this room or I was thinking of moving that under that window, but actually I realised that it's north-facing and actually that wouldn't be very practical or whatever. So it, there are definitely benefits to living somewhere. But then if you're planning really well, you'd figure all those things out properly from looking at layouts and floor plans. And
1: So live there, but bin stuff which gives you the ick straight away. Like if you've got a really and, and freaking clutter. horrible red carpet. Get fucking rid of that's it. Coming just get way. it out. I would literally rather have crappy old
0: floorboards than a rug, a carpet that I had to look at that just felt like it had been lived on for 25 years. I
1: just would say get rid. Treat me like an idiot because I'm, I'm not interior design trained. I'm garden design trained. Hit me with the plant so questions, but absolutely, first is, it, things first. is it floor plan? Is it like
0: spatial? Absolutely, spatial planning. What are you using the room for? Work out, plot out the room, get your bearings of what's going to be going in the room, okay? How you want to live in it, what you're going to use it for, and then go for color. Like, think about the colors that you're going to be putting in the room. I would say, paint colors, also just throw stuff out on a table, get some fabrics, get some colors, get some paints down. But one thing that's really worth knowing this is actually not many people know this when you take a paint color. And you put it on a table; it's a totally different colour to if you lift it up and put it on a wall. Stop it! So never look at a paint colour flat on a table because you're not going to paint the floor; you're painting the walls, and it's going to change on every wall of that room. So that's really important. Paint is just an absolute game changer.
1: Like it's a dark art, though. Is I mean, it
0: is. Yeah. But paint charts. And I don't think people think about this. Paint charts are so cleverly designed. Paint charts are designed in a way that you can see what's got pink in it, what's got yellow in it, what's got brown in it, what's got blue in it. You know, so that you can, depending, I mean, it's very easy to know. If it's a south-facing room. It's going to get more light. So it's okay. going to get sunshine. Sunshine's got yellow in it. So anything that you put in the room that's got yellow in it, say a paint colour that's got yellow, is going to appear more yellow. It's a really, really good place to start, I would say, it's paint colour. And we can delve into that in so much more detail.
1: I want to, because on... now I'm, I'm wondering, if you paint a room blue, mm. but it's a south or does the yellow? We'll get to this, because that's... Uh...
0: Look, I mean, so much around colour science and psychology... So what blue does to you, it's a cool colour. It's sort of a depressing colour, let's say, but it's also a great colour for concentration. So it's a brilliant colour for, and, and conversation, concentration and conversation. It? So it's a really good colour to have in a dining room or a study, but you wouldn't necessarily want blue in a bedroom because it feels quite cold, a bit oppressive. So there's rooms where you want to use colour and where you really don't. Like hallways, I tend to keep hallways light because you want to walk into a house and feel welcome and feel open. It feel inviting. You suddenly paint it like dark blue. It depends on the look you're after. You're creating like a. a barrier, it's much more moody, painting, isn't it's it? Cool. It's yeah. It's a real mood setter. There's a reason that McDonald's is red and yellow. Why is that reason? Red is the color for hunger, and yellow is the color. It's an uncomfortable color. It's the most uncomfortable color to be in, and you want to get out.
1: So, oh, yeah. red and
0: juices. so red is what makes you hungry. You see it and it makes you hungry. Yellow is the colour that makes you want to get out of the room. So it's a, it's a fast food restaurant. So it's all scientific. You blow my tiny mind. There you go. We will talk way more about colour in the next episode. We've only just like cracked the lid open. I feel there's so much to talk about. There's so color. much to talk about. Basics for me is paint. It's paint, <laughs> flooring and furnishings. I would call those your basics.
1: But your most basic, 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 basic is do you draw the room you measure it and draw it yourself you measure and draw it, and then you would draw the bed with like you choose your bed you choose want a super king you want a king yes. you want a double you yeah. want a single whatever you, you draw it in yes do you guess the size of bedside table you want and then go no, shopping for look- it or do you find the one you want and then draw it in this is where people make a mistake really good question this is
0: that this is actually exactly where people go wrong I think people get overexcited. They're out shopping. They're like, oh my God, I love this bedside table. They buy it, they get it home. They put it next to a six foot bed and it's absolutely tiny. Yeah. And then they put a lamp on it that's completely the wrong size. So this is where getting stuff down, checking measurements is absolutely key. Like if you've got a six foot bed,
1: mm.
0: super king bed, which is likely to be in your master bedroom, if you can fit one, you want to have a decent size bedside table. You don't want a little piddly 30 centimetre bedside no, table. It because it look puny. It's just puny and it just looks wrong like it's wrong if you have only got space for little tiny bedside tables then you want to consider putting wall lights on the wall instead of having a table lamp
1: oh it's all coming now
0: so it's not then wobbling around next to but you i guess that makes sense
1: when you draw it you're drawing a your big old bed if you've got this tiny little circle next to it it looks wrong so you can it see that wrong. instantly you can see that
0: but i mean a lot of people obviously you i mean i obviously my my on my expert calls i have lots of calls with people about layouts and they've drawn up their own layouts and they're presenting them to me and it can be really basic it can be people just doing it on a piece of paper with a ruler and you can kind of work out scale, roughly. Yeah. Take the agent's plans, do a bit of a scale drawing, you know, get a scale ruler. You can pretty much plan out your own floor plan to make sure that everything fits. Because I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they try and get too much into a room or they see something they love, then it turns up like three weeks later, rip open the box and
1: put it in the room and it doesn't fit. Mm. I mean, planning layouts is essential. That's a real So basis. layout so, yeah. is step one. Step one. Don't go buying your furniture without making your plan yes, a bit like don't go one. to the supermarket hungry yeah take a list take a list now yeah. tell me just as a segue on bedrooms mm. do you allow for a chair of crap a basket of crap a basket of crap Are I mean, you more of a basket crap. girl are you yeah is it only for dirty clothes oh,
0: I fill it with all sorts it's got hair dryer in it it's got a straightener it's got probably socks probably yesterday's pants um, oh, Lovely. yeah it's I mean it could have anything in there and then usually the entire contents of my wardrobe that I've tried on that day before I go to work which don't you just fucking love when you can't decide what to wear in the morning. So you just take everything out, put it all on, and then throw it on the floor. And then I just pile it into the basket to make myself feel better. And then I sort it out at the end of every day.
1: Oh, do you? And then the beat goes on. I know that everyone says, you know, just put your crap away. but I no, you don't. It's just time to do that. Who has time it's to do that? It's neither clean nor dirty. I, I am one for piling things. So I don't
0: like shit everywhere. I like to see things in a sort of order. So my thought of an order is just a pile, a neatly pile. So I'll always make my bed in the morning. Do you make your bed in the morning? <laughs>
1: Yes, but do you know what? And this is another thing. Can we come back to this? I do make my bed. I do. I'm a big grown up. But my bed doesn't look like a grown up. Your bed looks so grown up with all the cushions and the throws and the accoutrement. That Mm. is like, it's bed goals. Accoutrement. Good word. Thank you. It doesn't look like yours. And I would like it to look like, come and make my bed.
0: I'll make your bed for you. I'll stop it. Mm. I'll make it first. I'll make your bed. Yes,
1: yeah, so I do make my bed, but my bed is like pillows and a duvet, as opposed to yours, which is like it's all the oh stuff. heaven. But that's what makes me tick. So you've got your layout. You have allowed for your basket of crap and clothes storage, and then you choose your furniture. So, like presentation.
0: So PowerPoint presentation, or cut stuff out. If you really don't have, not very it, take the item you like, take the colours, take everything you've got, and put it on a mood board. I and chuck it all on the mood board, all the furniture, fabrics and everything. And as you swap something out, check the measurement of, say, chucking chair. Yes. Make sure it's the same on your floor plan. So just everything has to always make sense. But then things like, I don't know, if you see cushions, don't just buy the cushion and assume it's going to work with that other cushion you've got. Mm. Put them on a board together. side by side. What by
1: What comes first? Paint and floor
0: or furniture? All together. Just plan the whole thing. Okay. Plan the whole thing because the color that you're putting on the walls tonally has to work with everything else that's going on in the room. Okay. It has to be quite considered. It's all quite considered. It is
1: very considered. Yeah, it is. So basically, and this is really tricky, and, and I think a lot of people relate to it, or, or maybe not, maybe it's just me. I have loads of furniture from life, from yeah. even some of it probably from like my first flat. Yeah. In Earl's Court. Yeah. Some of it's a bit crap. I've just not got rid of it yet. What's tricky is when you're trying to like shoehorn old furniture yeah. into a curated room and like the luxury of what both of us do is starting with a blank canvas isn't it but yes. I imagine
0: it it's is difficult
1: but when you're trying to work with stuff you've got
0: it is and of course it all comes down to money and I'm not one to chuck stuff away okay if it ain't broke don't fix it. Can you repurpose it? it? Can you reupholster it? Mm. The problem is upholstery is really expensive. By the time yeah. you bought the fabric and had it reupholstered, it's probably going to cost you twice as much as it cost in the first place. Mm. So you've got to really love it. But also, one man's rubbish is another man's treasure. Yeah. So you can always sell it. Okay. Gum tree it. Just don't hold on to something just because. Yeah. Because the likelihood is it's ruining the entire room scheme. Don't hold on to something that's like a turquoise
1: sofa. Mate, I know I've got a turquoise sofa. I'm not taking it with me oh, in the so separation, rich. all right? Look. Well, actually, we haven't decided. No, that was of a time when velvet sofas of that velvet colour were very vel- cool, velvet. okay? And L- listen, listen I'll take the whole a, teal, lesson in trends.
0: a teal velvet sofa any day over a navy velvet sofa. This is I'm a velvet sorry, anyone sofa. that i consulted, but navy velvet sofas are just...
1: But there was a time when that was very, very fashionable. <sighs> Who chose this sofa for you, Polly? I'm some arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very lovely. It is very
0: nine. Look, everything has... So there's things that are going to hold on to time and there's other things that are going to be fads not timeless over time but then look I'm assuming that if people are listening to this it's because they like my designs and what we do and I don't put navy velvet sofas in schemes but I equally if somebody a client came to me and said I've got this velvet sofa and I bloody love it and I just bought it or it's come down from 20 years down the line I love it we'll make it work course we will okay. but it's bring, then bringing elements into it so if you one thing to do is to take the thing that you've got that you really want to hold on to and if you decide you know what, i really really love this i'm going to hold on to it put that item on your board and work with, and it, work with it and work with it design around it design with it design around it bring everything else in that's going to work with it don't like don't just assume it's going to work and create room skin and then stick it in the
1: corner because it will be the it will be the the elephant in the room we need to talk about this another time as well because i think trendy pieces Mm. we don't have this as much in gardens
0: because you don't have well i suppose apart from like hanging chairs No, there are trends are there like what
1: oh god those water features i'm going to offend someone apologize if i do they're like a wall with a slit and water sort of flows out of it like a sort of wet tongue oh (laughs) oh Really but weird. you know they tend to be white render and they're very like late 90s early 2000s well, so is, there are trends in the gardens and well if it's mod date- so
0: modern for me anything that's too contemporary and too modern will always date so anything that's square white render modern same as furniture that's a bit kind of has a time and a place I think anything that's too modern I just don't think will last
1: do you not agree? No, you do. I'm just having a little bit of a moment here where I've never seen of... it as describing it as modern. The gardens that most people love, and if you look at Chelsea Show, for example, the gardens that people love are the traditional gardens, the ones with the old red brick. They're timeless. Yeah, they're timeless, they're classic.
0: Almost a lot harder to do and probably a lot more expensive, no? Yes. I would say the reason a lot of people go contemporary in gardens, maybe they like the look, but I would say it's probably because it's a lot cheaper. You paint fences black, don't you? Yes, I do yeah why
1: they make them vanish um It's not the most bizarre thing because i know it. and it's something that when i found out at design school i was like "Clutch <gasps> my pearls." yeah um but it's, it's amazing it's amazing particularly as most fences are a bit gross unless fence you're going to really gross. go baller yeah. and you're going to go for something really nice cedar mm-hmm. fence and that's going to cost you then if you've got that really typical um feather board fence you know cheapest chips everyone's got them usually they're in a variety of tones because you're sharing boundaries with other people so you've got like a brown one and then a slightly pale yellow one and maybe if you're lucky a green one then it's so much better what i would say is it works better in an urban space it looks a bit weird in the country if you paint it all black the goal isn't that you leave all the fences black and then you don't grow anything up because that would be very austere
0: things in front of it
1: exactly yeah so then you're planting loads of climbers or a hedge or whatever in front of it and it's essentially just being a it it recedes into the background there's something about brown you can see it oh in no, my Brad, garden on. now there's a bit of fence I'm and it needs painting awful. that's
0: quite old-fashioned isn't it back to basics then for you in the garden yes. one of the number one things to look at before you even done a planting scheme that's like the is, last thing to do planting scheme that's last lo- so but would you say a quick fix in a garden that you moved into paint, paint the fence yes first thing to do sort your boundaries fence, out are you allowed to paint a fence if you're on a, if you're on a, if only you share if, a fence? Only if you own it. This so if you like share it. a fence with a neighbour?
1: You don't. Someone always owns the fence. You,
0: you might, might share a know,
1: hedge. How do you know who owns the fence? Well, usually when you buy it, buy a house, it's on the, it's on your deeds. Often it's not. It used to be if you've got the gosh, that's bad so side, as in the side with the rails, then it's yours. But none of this applies anymore. There are no fixed rules. Usually it'll be on your deeds. When you buy it, someone will tell you, or your neighbours will sure as hell tell you. But sure enough, if you said to your neighbours,
0: "I want to paint my fence on my side black," they wouldn't mind. No, a lot of people really do mind. Why?
1: Because uh, it often bleeds through. It doesn't. It depends on your fence. If you've got one with loads of gaps and you're a a little bit slapped up with the paint, a hole or something. But you are not allowed to paint a fence if you don't own it. If your neighbour owns it, in theory, which blows my mind, your neighbour can paint your side of the fence if they wanted to.
0: That is so interesting.
1: Because it's theirs.
0: Because I think if you were to say to a neighbor, I'm going to paint my fence flat, they'd be like, oh God, I don't, don't want you to do that. That sounds awful. Well, because most people worry it's going to bleed through. Right. And some people bloody love yeah, looking at also, their brown fence. But it is also, na- honestly, since learning this from you
1: about black fences, I'll always see a fence and i be like, should be black. Should, and I get black. it and I
0: totally get it now. Should have been
1: black. And more totally importantly, should have grown some stuff up it. Should have grown Biggest some stuff Biggest mistake it, yeah. everyone makes in gardens is just leaving naked fences. Naked fences, great. Fences, fences are like your pants. No oh. one needs to see them depends That's, on the pants to be fair and the special occasion but yeah generally the odd person can see you know it. you want to you want to hide your pants and yeah. you want to hide your fences right okay. but you with like you in a garden where would I start layout spatial planning and whereas you're looking at how do you use it where do you want your bed I'm looking at where's the sun and we'll do a whole other session on light because mm. oh man there's so much to say but essentially when you're looking at the garden. Draw up your list. So, um, so forget the planting. Forget. Don't even like
0: literally planting. Planting is the
1: last of the piece plants. of the puzzle.
0: Because I guess also for you, well, that's okay. Because the, as you say, where the light, where the light is, we will go into this in more detail. Yes, the sunshine is the sun comes up at different places throughout the year. It moves around at lower points, higher points winter summer so if you were to sort of stick something against a wall you're like I found this amazing hydrangea in the garden center and I've got it home and I'm going to stick it there because it's gonna look great yes and then it gets no sun
1: yes so almost best waiting completely the reason I asked about what to do when you move into house should you wait is there is some merit in a garden in waiting because you need to see it in the seasons because it's not until you've seen it in the seasons that you understand how you're going to use your garden because as you say light moves but it's the real time to watch your garden is the summer, which I appreciate we've just missed, but you've still got time. And you're watching where the sun is. Some people want to eat in the sun. Mm-hmm. Some people want to eat in the shade. Some people love to sunbathe. Some people don't. I like to think of a garden as the times of day. So where are you going to sit in the garden for a morning coffee? Mm-hmm. So then you want, you want somewhere east facing, which is going to get morning sun in the east. Where do you want to spend the middle of the day? If you want to eat in the sun, loads of people do until it gets too hot, then watch where that is. That's Save that spot for you. There's sort of a mantra. Choose the sunniest spot for you. Then in the afternoon, if you want sundowners with friends, if you want some, you know, little, little cocktail, then you want west-facing sun. That's your evening sun. Mm. So you need to watch your garden and just, it's literally the same as you drawing up a bedroom, for example. You just draw out your rectangle. It's better if you measure it, but you don't have to. And just scribble, just maybe set an alarm on your phone, go outside at 9 a.m. lunchtime, Ooh. 4 p.m., 7 p.m., and just mark where the sun is. This is amazing. We
0: recently, you might know about this, I think it was an app we found in, at House Nine where it does like a tracker of the sun. It's oh, I don't a, know this app. It's literally tracked just the use sun. my eyes. Yeah, where it forms... It literally shows you where the sun forms at different times of day Amazing in a garden. But it allows you to see the shadows and where the shadows and where the sun is throughout the day.
1: So your rule of thumb is follow the light, follow the light. And that's where you do your zones. So as soon as you've seen that, it's, it's as simple as going, well, that's morning coffee. That's yeah. where we're going to eat. And that's where I'm going to sit and drink gin that's with my so friends. interesting. So when you've got that. And then you've got your wish list as well. So with rooms, obviously, each room naturally kind of has a use, doesn't it? Mm. Your kitchen is for cooking. Mm. Your bedroom is for sleeping or whatever. But your garden, you need to choose how you want to use it. Your house has kind of got a built-in list mm. of how you're going to use it to a degree. Your garden doesn't. And so you have to choose your rooms. Yeah. Is it a playroom? Is it a dining room? Is it a chill-out space? You choose your rooms. So then you choose them outside. You can't have them all in a small I space. You can always do... If you
0: are a plant lover and you're doing working all this out first rather than living with a concrete jungle, you can obviously get pots, can't you? Lovely big pots. Yes. I'm going to delve into terracotta mm. and zinc. Do you have a preference?
1: No, I like both. I just like them big.
0: I love them big. I can't be doing with small pots. I love pots. big ones.
1: I, I can't know. be doing with, with small pots. There's, um, if you want to clutter a garden, that's how you do it. So you've got your zones once you have figured out what it is you want to do in your garden and what you want to do will depend on the size of your garden. If Mm. you've got a really compact urban space, you need to be really strict with yourself about how you're going to use it. You can't fit everything into it. You'd be better to choose like we're going to have sundowners and it's a kid's play space rather than going and we want a dining table and I want cut flower garden. Like you can't fit it all in. And it's Mm. that same thing. You can't fit everything in a room. You have to choose. Whereas if you've got a bigger space, then it's about carving it up into your uses once you've got that zone yeah then you choose your materials Mm -hmm. and then you choose your plants
0: got
1: it so that's super high level there's a bit more to it but that's once you've got your layout same with you Layout layout, layout first yeah don't stop planning your electrics and lighting
0: until you've got your floor plan and your layout sorted
1: exactly so you're yeah. going macro to micro mm. big picture layout then your materials I would say that sort of choosing your paving outside is kind of the equivalent of you choosing your yeah. flooring and your paints and you put that on your mood board you can do a mood board so you've got your layout you know where everything's going to be and what it want it to be so that's the equivalent of your floor plan inside mm. Then you're picking your materials. So your paving, for example, that's going to be the equivalent of you choosing your wooden floorboards or your paint. So put that up on the mood board and then you're going to start thinking about furniture and plants. Mm. And those are your kind of the plants. The most exciting bit and the bit that people often end up buying first and then trying to wedge into the garden is actually what needs to come last when you understand the sunlight. Mm. So get them all on the mood board exactly like you would indoors yeah it's amazing the parallels my friend thank you so
0: much for joining us on our second episode of the ins and outs please don't forget to like subscribe share give us a holler and of course give us any feedback always valued as long as it's good